You're on the Clarity Call. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Alicia. And this is episode 146, Stop Playing Defense. Welcome to the Clarity Call, a podcast dedicated to providing useful information and guidance to those seeking encouragement and support while navigating the challenges of caring for a loved one with special needs. We are sisters living in Texas and passionately advocating for the special needs community. Between us, we have 16 children, six of whom have a medically complex diagnosis or are considered special needs. Join us on a journey of mindful awareness that is sure to help you gain an enlightening perspective to help you embrace, create, and live a life you love. Here Here we go. Hello, hello. We're so glad you're back with us again for another week of learning and growth. And boy, do we need this one. (laughs) Because I was thinking about it a lot when you sent me the topic and I thought, man, I got a family that's so great at this. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's a great thing. But (laughs) before we begin to learn together today, Kimberly's going to start us off with our reality check. Yes. So this is actually something that I've found myself working on and growing in for several years and I'm kind of proud to say that I don't find myself getting defensive very often anymore like it really does work when you practice at you know these methods that we're trying to share with you to live a happier more peaceful life I found myself instead of getting defensive just being like that that really doesn't matter yeah you know like what okay whatever like, you get to see the world however you, you want to see like it. Do you feel like you're just checked myself. out? Or... I mean, maybe in some situations, but I, I also am intentionally choosing to say that doesn't matter. It's not worth the fight. And I know, like, it really is a matter of that I've gotten so good at loving myself and being secure in who I am and having that level of confidence that I don't have to defend myself to other people. I know. And I know God knows, and that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And getting to that space is challenging, Mm -hmm. but it's really freeing. There's a lot of peace in it until we have a situation like I'm going to share with you that happened Sunday night. Okay. Where I only cook on Sundays dinner. I only cook Sunday dinner. Every other night we have a smoothie um, and, and just something quick and easy just because I, my life is is a little too chaotic in the evenings to be able to prepare a meal. And so I only prepare a family meal on Sunday and, and you have a danger of the hot stove yes, and all the, right. You do have other reasons yeah, with why Jocelyn, I just can't like we made cookies on Sunday after dinner and three adults were in the kitchen standing in front of the hot cookie pan, keeping Jocelyn from burning herself. Right. And so it really is like, <laughs> I would have to have a lot of help with other adults in the kitchen to keep her safe or because if we try and keep her out of the kitchen and she gets really frustrated, um, like being kept out of a space where she wants to be. So anyways, that's kind of the long way around of telling you that I sent a text to my son who was upstairs and said, dinner's ready. And typically he comes right down and we pray and we eat. Well, he sent me a message that said, um, I'll be down after my game. Mm. And I was like, Uh, no. And I just responded. I just said, it's unacceptable to me 
that I cook once a week, that we have a family meal where we sit down once a week, and you're telling me that your game matters more than that. That's unacceptable to me. And he wanted to come at me with like, you know, it, it actually turned out to be quite ironic and comical because as soon as he did get downstairs, which was probably not even two minutes after I sent the message that was like, no, it's unacceptable that you're telling me that you're going to stay at a game and not join us for a family meal. And, you know, but I did notice that I, that was done out of immediate defense. Like I felt defensive Mm -hmm. of, you know, what I was expecting. And he came down and Jocelyn freaked out and needed to go on a drive. So I didn't even get to have dinner with them. (laughs) Wow. Anyways, so it it just, it's so funny that it's like, here I throw a fit about him coming down and joining us, and then I don't even get to eat with them. <laughs> kind of ironic, but the point was made, right? So. Yes, yes. And I, I did want to make that point. I did want to share with him, but I don't think, I, I noticed that I did it from a place of defensiveness and not from a place of, like, love and care. And the intention really matters because we still want to communicate our needs, our wants, our desires, our feelings with those people that we want to be connected with. But the, the emotion you have fueling you really matters. And when it's defensiveness, we're going to share with you now, it, it is, it destroys relationships. Yeah. I've thought a lot about that as we've studied this. So we follow on Instagram, the holistic psychologist, and we will tag her Um, on social media when we post this podcast, but she's phenomenal. And we really, if you're not following her, she has so many great things to say. And so we're going to share with you today some of the things that she has to say about defensiveness as it, um, it can be very harmful personally. And like I said, in our relationships, so. So I'm going to start off just with reading this. It says, in an attempt to protect ourselves... We keep a wall up mm-hmm. and we stop people from being able to fully connect with us. If you're defensive, no, this is a natural reaction. Just be aware of this, that this is a powerful thing. So yeah. um, we really need to understand that. And it's hard because I'm telling you what, like you get it's to a, a natural... point in life where you're just like wall up, safety, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. And just to protect at all costs. And it really is a natural reaction because the the body, the mind, the heart does not want to be hurt. Mm-hmm. We need to protect ourselves. Right. And right. and I'm just gonna be honest. Like I like being vulnerable is not feeling safe right now, you know, because I somehow can't separate love and trust and vulnerability um and feel safe. You know, I don't know why I'm still working on that. So, yeah. So we'll start off by telling you a little bit of like what defensiveness might sound like. So see if this sounds familiar to you and kind of there's different versions of this that I kind of hear in my head and that I've heard in my relationships and so forth. You're just taking this the wrong way Mm. or as usual, you're always right. Okay. How about stop picking a fight or you're so dramatic I'm sure that's what Judson was thinking when I was like, it's unacceptable to me that you can't come down for dinner. (laughs) I was being dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. There's always two sides, right? Yeah. So, um, 
in homes with critical or perfectionistic parents, we learn defensiveness as a survival strategy. And when I read that, I was like, okay, not necessarily just with parents, though. Like, if you... I don't feel like we had critical parents. I didn't feel criticized growing up. And I know Alicia grew up kind of in a little bit of a different household than I did just because there was, like, the older kids and the younger kids. And um, But I, I didn't feel like they were critical um, or perfectionistic. I... I did feel criticized at school or in my peer groups or, and a lot of that I think is just natural insecurity in teenagers. Mm. But I think that that is where, and, and actually critical siblings, like I can think about being criticized by my siblings. Um, but I think that we have to go outside of just parents here. Right. Yeah, that's true. When who we are as a person is criticized as a child, we view issues our partner has as a personal attack rather than an opportunity to grow together. That yeah. is a huge one. Oh, you know? for sure. I do think, like you said, I think it has a lot to do with just how our world is formed as children, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, outside of just the home, um, friends or neighborhoods or whatever, you know, just doing our best to survive and thrive, right? Yeah. Um, and everyone's doing their best. It's not like there's any blame going on, but we definitely take on whatever view. Right. And then, whether it's our partner or our children or things as adults, we really have to reframe. I had a discussion with one of my daughters the other day about this. And it was like, not that you were doing anything wrong, Mom, but I've had to do a lot of thought work and reprocessing around maybe more healthy choices, more healthy behaviors, you know, because right. I didn't have the model circumstance, which, you know, that's true. It is true. And yeah. We're all just doing our best in those moments. But I really think that you can, I can have eight kids growing up under the same roof and they're all going to leave having had a different experience. So we can't particularly manage or mold or think that it's all from one particular circumstance, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, So then defensiveness disconnects us from our relationships and it creates a situation where you know, the other person can't come to us with their issues or concerns anymore. They, they don't feel like we're a safe place. And I have experienced it from the other side. Like I've had someone who's constantly defensive, um, uh, or critical. It just felt like everything I was saying, they wanted to argue with me. And so I was just like, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> you know, we also feel like we're never heard, which reinforces the core belief from childhood that we're always misunderstood and can't ask for help. And I, I mean, that that's really like the root of the issue, you know, but when we can become aware of that, that that's what's happening, it helps kind of to move through that space to where we understand that that's not actually true. It's a learned belief, a learned behavior pattern, right? Yeah. Our psyche is responding to the ways that we somehow have learned these, these things. And it really takes a lot of work and mindfulness to reprocess and, You know, it's an ongoing daily battle for sure. Yes. And then defensiveness is an attempt to control the narrative rather than finding a solution, staying connected to our partner, or to come together as a team. We send a message that your concerns don't matter to me. So, so much of that is, it's hard to think of defensiveness being an attempt to control. Like, you know, you're just thinking you're having to to justify or to whatever. But if I think about a ball game, 
right? Defense mm-hmm. is so important. In fact, when I wa- thought about this, I'm like, all of my kids have been great on defense. Yeah. You know, truly. Like, they're good offensive players. You know, they can shoot the basket. They can get the at the net. Like, they can do these things. But genuinely, in all the sports, my kids have been rock stars at defense. And I'm like, yep, because they know exactly how to fight for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just, and I'm not saying like, oh, well, I'm so loud and proud about that. But at the same time, finding the solution, or I mean, um, controlling the game, quote unquote, right? If you are in there, if you're in the thick, if you're on the floor, if you're going after whatever, you're trying to change the control or the tra- trajectory of the game, the circumstance. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's really what that does. That's what the. That's why we have defense, right? Is yes. to be able to change the dynamic of the game. True. That is about the control. So. But when you can recognize that that's what you're doing, you can come at it without, like I was saying, you can move from defensiveness being the emotion fueling it to love, concern, compassion fueling right. it and having a conversation from that space, which is always going to be so much healthier. Right. Um, so in successful relationships, people know their concerns matter, their perspectives are valued, and their viewpoint, even when we don't agree, will be heard. This is openness or the ability to take feedback even when it's uncomfortable. Right. And I have found that, especially in my relationship with my children, um, understanding that I did my best to um, instill in them good values and morals. And they are now adults and they get to have their own way of doing life. Mm -hmm. They get to hold their own viewpoints and perspectives. And I can share with them mine and tell them, I honor yours and where you're at in your life as well. Mm. And that keeps us connected. I don't have to defend my viewpoint because they are meant to experience life the way that they are. And I want them to be. And so, you know, I honor where they're at. I share with them where I'm at and my beliefs. And we just still love each other mm-hmm. the best that we can through all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, people raised in homes without conflict resolution can feel blindsided hurt, or highly annoyed by any situation where they don't have control. Their nervous system goes into threat mode. The body always remembers. So going back to that first part that we shared where I was saying, I don't feel like I was raised in a home where my parents were critical or perfectionistic, but I was also raised in a home where I didn't really see conflict resolution because there wasn't really conflict. True. And so that's another thing is I I didn't really learn... Conflict resolution very well. And not, and I'm not blaming my parents. Mom and dad, I love you. You did an amazing job raising me. Thank you so much. And you don't know what you don't know until you get into the world. And you right. start experiencing it. Right. And so I went into relationships where I was just like, why am I so annoyed? Or why am I hurt? Or why? Because I just didn't know how to deal with it. And a lot of times it probably is just, I don't know that it's something I could teach to my children or mirror to my children. I tried. Right. I tried to show them like... Yeah, we're fighting. We're upset with each other. We're not happy. We'll figure it out. We'll work through it. Right. Like I've tried to mirror it, but I'm, we're all just doing the best we can. Right. Um, and then we've got the, there's like a, um, like the ideas of defensiveness versus openness. openness right? right. So like if we make this statement, like this isn't a big deal. Like you're making it a big deal. That's defensive, right? That's going to be on the defensive versus being open. Like, okay, I understand that was hurtful. From my perspective, I felt 
and then you, you know, say what you're going to say about it. Like just trying to find dialogue. And I've noticed like, as I meet with my therapist, I write down the dialogue she tells me, or when I hear things from friends or from people, I'm like, okay, can you just say that again? Because obviously I have learned or in my learned behavior, I'm saying things I wouldn't say wrong, but just not, not getting the message across, or maybe it's coming across it defensively. So I need to learn better dialogue or different dialogue yeah. to change the circumstances. Yeah, and this so, is helpful for sure. So that way we can be more aware. So when you, that's why we're going to kind of give you some of these examples, like in being defensive, like, oh, I'm so sick of the way that you leave your socks laying around or whatever, right? It's like, right. I'm hurting and overwhelmed. Can we come together to figure this out? Like, I'm tired of seeing your stuff here. I'm tired, you know, whatever. Like, how can we, or I don't have the time to pick up after you. Like, you know, just trying to help understand or help me understand why it's important for you to leave your socks around or, you know, just trying to help get on the same page. Right. Versus, you know, you're trying to do something that injures me or harms me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um... Or one like, if I'm so terrible, why are you even with me? So, like, I've definitely used uh-huh. that. Like, oh, yeah. just like, okay, well, if I'm this horrible human that you think I am, then right. I guess I'm doing you a favor, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's like, I care a lot about what you think about me and feel criticized. What do you need from me to feel supported? Yeah. I mean, it changes, like, the Like, feeling. part of me is like, gosh, can I even say that out loud? Like, it just doesn't even feel... Yeah, when you want to hold on to your defensiveness... The other doesn't feel genuine. That's why you have to do the work. I have to do the work. We all have to do the work to get to a place where we feel like it's true and genuine to who we are. Because if it's not, then it probably is safer just to not say anything until you can be in that space. Right. Yeah. So through intentional practice, we can heal our defensive patterns. We can practice... um, getting out of the impulse to defend ourselves and prove that we are good. Really, that's all we want. We just want other people to know that we're good, right? That's why we defend ourselves. But like I was saying in the beginning, I don't need other people to know I'm good. I know, but it's hard because we really genuinely want to feel, uh, it's human to want to be needed or want to have people view us in a certain light. To connect with others. We feel like we'll have better, stronger connections if they view us as quote unquote good. Right. Okay. But when you can have that confidence that you know you're good, then you show up in your relationships from that space. You and you don't have to defend yourself. And there's so much more peace. And people are drawn to that. Right. People want to be with someone who, regardless of what you think of me, I got me. I'm good. So that's hard, though. It really is hard because sometimes you just feel like you're standing alone, you know, and that. Like, especially when you value a relationship or you're, I had somebody say, you know, well, you're so invested. You've been invested. Of course it hurts. And that's, you know, that's hard. It's hard when you have that investment that you, you want to be valued, you want to be heard. And the other person just isn't showing up or care to hear you, you know, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So we'll kind of give you a little bit of what you can do to get out of defensiveness. So Um, if you'll begin to practice breathing through discomfort, okay, like I want to be defensive. It's uncomfortable to not defend myself right now. So just notice that impulse. Um, or even like for me, I want to over explain things. That's one of the things that I'm like, and I have Brianna all the time. She's like, I get it. I get it. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, you know, you don't need to keep going. Um, so it, just hang on and listen, okay? Like this also makes me think of the prove me wrong method, you know? Like stay open, stay curious. Curious leads to connection and defensiveness needs to, leads to deflection and detachment. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that up as a quote when we post this because it's so important. You know, curious leads to connection. Defensiveness leads to deflection and detachment. So if you truly do want connection, and we do, all humans want that. We do have to, to do this work to feel good in our relationships and and ultimately have more peace and joy in our lives. Right. So is there a place, and this just is a complete therapeutic, you know, question, is that once you've gotten, say you've lost the game, you know, say your defense has been up the whole time, but you lose it, is there a way to, to just, like, bring down all that energy and start over and try and be like, okay, I need to learn how to change my lingo. Yeah. Are you willing to change your lingo? How can we work at the how can we make this game play more fair or is it really truly just about You have to change you. you. And the benefit is that oftentimes the other person that you want to change sees the changes you're making and follows suit. Well, not wanting to change but just be like basically, can we have fair play in this game? Like you can ask here's for how it. I change my lingo, yeah. right? And my defensiveness is down. I want to be heard. I want to feel seen. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's a way, you know, because yeah. inevitably you can have the best defense or the best offense ever and the game is still, somebody's going to lose. Yeah, right? it can still feel very unfair. And that's why you have to just know, like we were talking about, you create how you feel. So you get to choose to feel good or feel bad. And if you're coming at it from that place of compassion and curiosity, that's going to feel good. Even if the other person isn't responsive and doesn't want to change and wants to stay defensive and and live in their pride and all of that, you still get to feel good knowing that you're showing up from a place of compassion and curiosity and love. You get to experience those emotions. They have to feel the emotions of defensiveness and anger and bitterness and upset. And that's not fun. So let them experience that if that's what they're choosing. Well, and that leads us right here to this this uh, last comment where he says, uh, where she says, through intentional practice, mm-hmm. so obviously you've come back to the game being like, hey, now we need to be intentional about this. Yep. We can heal our defensive patterns. We can practice out of the impulse to defend ourselves and prove we are good. Right. It's kind of hard to hear that and think like, like we yeah. have something to prove, yeah. you know, but prove we're good, quote unquote. We can stay curious in conflict rather than seeing it as an us versus them yep. event. We need to win. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, just not about winning. I just don't even like that at all. And I'm, I mean, I guess I've had people say I'm competitive in nature, but I just really don't feel like it's about competing. I just feel like I think we all need to be in it to win it. Right. Like yeah. I love that we can all win. We can all have success. Yeah. I don't think I'm not one of those that wants to play. Like if I'm going down, you're going down with me. Right. You know, just, there's no place for that. So. For sure. Yeah. So we will leave you with that. Figure out if you can this week how to be a little less defensive, a little more understanding and compassionate. And remember that the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And with that, 
Okay. Alicia has our would you rather. I was thinking we might change to jokes soon because I've been finding so many fun jokes that I'm laughing at that are just like dumb jokes like that alligator and the crocodile one you sent me. We'll share. We'll maybe start sharing jokes. We'll share that joke next time. Levi always is like, want to hear the dad joke? And he always has a joke. He's so funny. And some of them are super hilarious. I know. So I'm thinking we might because I feel like we keep looking for would you rather. And I'm like, did we already do this one? I know. So we might have to switch and start doing jokes. So. But here's a good one because we both want probably both of these things, but okay. you have to pick. All right. Would you rather own a private island <laughs> or own a private jet? A jet for sure. Why? Um, just because an island is not going to be as accessible to the things in life that I want. Okay. What if you can have all your things on your private island? Like a hospital and all of my kids' medical needs yeah, are met, private. and everything's getting flown in only for in their the people that you want supplies, and all the doctors and nurses are there with me. I mean, that's my might as well just be at home for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to an yeah, island, I, I want to be alone. And I do not. I'm just gonna. I don't like isolation. I'm just gonna be honest. I think about being on an island, but if for I can't have all my people that and have access to them and be like. If I want to celebrate them, if I want to, or be with them, or hug them, or anything, yeah, I just need a jet to get to where they are. Exactly. Yeah, Always. that's what I'm saying. Like, I could hook up a jet so that it has like a playroom for Jocelyn, and you know, would be all set. But an island, I don't even like sand. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> and I'm like, bring it on. I just like some kinds of change. I don't like all change, but yeah. you know. Anyway, you. let's fly. Let's fly. All right. Well, we hope you have a fabulous week and be sure to tune in next week because we're going to start sharing some jokes. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Clarity Call. Please like and share it. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review. Be sure to check out claritycallcoaching.com to join our weekly newsletter and sign up for your first free coaching session. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Clarity Call and on Facebook as Clarity Call.